Welcome to Outside the Tank, the first podcast in the world that interviews the entrepreneurs featured on Shark Tank. We get the inside scoop on how they got there, what lessons they learned, their biggest regrets, what didn't air on TV, what has happened to them since, and so much more. Prepare to be informed, inspired, and entertained. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. I'm Tom. I'm Joe. Jen and Ryan of LoveSync. This is a device where there are buttons on each <laughs> nightstand right? <laughs> to see if there's mutual interest. Magic bedside buttons. We're doing this right around Valentine's Day. Timely. Exactly. <laughs> so Timely. they went in to Shark Tank asking $100,000 for 10%, valuing the company at a million bucks. This was season 11 episode 11 january 12th of 2020 hold it the the buttons are for mutual interest yes in what <laughs> they had a kickstarter campaign that raised twenty five thousand right. dollars. they sold 400 units so at the time of airing they were selling a device that was 22 dollars to make although they said it would go down with volume, and they were retailing it at $60. And they expressed interest in wanting to build an app and do a subscription business. So that was the pitch. What happened? Well, uh, it was a little bit of a bloodbath, but that is indicative of nothing. We'll find out, obviously, where the business has gone to, but a little bit of a a tough time. Uh, Mr. Wonderful really hated the idea. Uh, Damon thought they were too early. Uh, Cuban also thought there was nothing yet to invest in. Uh, Lori actually thought it was the whole idea was a bad thing. She, she just didn't see it as positive. And Barbara's out right away. She just thought the cost of it was too high. And so, it, and again, sometimes the sharks are wrong. Sometimes their lack of interest is indicative of, of nothing other than, you know, the presentation and where they were at at the time. But, yeah, it was uh, no deal. All right. Well, let's get to the interview. I want to hear more about the, uh, the business and the inner workings of being on Shark Tank and what has happened since. And then on the back end of this, we will talk about postgame. And you'll actually, like, while they're watching this, you'll actually tell me what the mutual interest thing is all about because I'm missing that. Nothing would make me happier than to explain that to you. We'll see you in a few minutes. Enjoy the interview. All right. We're here with Jen and Ryan of LoveSync. Welcome to Outside the Tank. Thank you. Yeah, great to be here. Well, we're looking forward to jumping into the history of the business and everything that's happened since Shark Tank and where it's going and all the ups and downs and lessons learned. And, you know, it's great conversations that we love having with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, And obviously we caught a little bit of this on your pitch, but where did the idea for the business come from and how did it go from being a thought or an idea to an actual business that ended up on Shark Tank? 
Should I start with that? <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it was your your baby, so you can take that one. My initial creation anyway, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm always just one of those guys always trying to think of of ways to improve certain things. And uh, I, I remember one particular evening, uh, I think it was, it, I think it had been after a few evenings where I had got shot down. And so I'm laying <laughs> in bed thinking, do I give it another try tonight or... Uh, you know, or I just <laughs> give it up for, for the week or something. Right. And I'm like, well, you know, if I knew, if I knew that she was down, I'd be more willing to try again, you know? And, uh, and I don't know, then the, the concept just kind of started to click at that point. I'm like, well, really could probably just make this into a couple buttons that we, you know, we have at the side of the bed. And, uh, and if you've seen the product, you kind of get a sense of how it works. Uh, so from there, uh, started to build a prototype. Uh, I'm an engineer by background, so I can do some of the, the, the design work in that myself. And uh, we built one of these just to try out just a quick mock-up and quickly, I think quickly realized that like, well, dang, this thing's pretty cool. <laughs> like this is, this could be a real game changer. And so that's like one of those moments, you know, where you, you kind of like feel the, the hairs on your, the back of your neck stand up where it's just like, like, how, how does this not exist? And like, and just like this, this is, you know, such a game changer for us. We got to bring it out there. And uh, we, we think we're really on to something. And then how long did it take from, hey, this is an idea to it becoming an actual product that you were selling? And, and where did you initially sell it? Uh, it was probably about a year to where we were ready to launch our Kickstarter. Right. So, yeah, we started... Uh started with a Kickstarter. And I think um, our timing was such that we were able to uh, kick that off right around Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, it was in February. And so that that worked out. Um, and yeah, it was that was just a really exciting time. Um, the Kickstarter was for um, the physical bedside buttons. Um, and that that's what we what we launched the product with. Um, and, you know, it was a successful Kickstarter. Uh, we blew away our goal and we really um, kind of unexpectedly saw this real viral buzz um, around the product. Um, uh, and I think just, you know, because of the, it, it's so different um, and because of, you know, the nature of the product, um, it was just something people like to talk about. The, the so, Kickstarter project, you, you raised uh, 25000 you sold about 400 units, correct? Oh, uh, yeah, that's about right. And what did you learn from that process? And what feedback, what did you hear? What comments did you get? I'm very interested in that because this is such a very cool thing. It's something some people want to talk about. Some people may not want to talk about, depending on, you know, what your, you know, uh, mm -hmm. what your scripting is. But what did you learn from that? And, and what feedback did you get from some of those early adopters? Yeah, I mean, from the early adopters, you know, we've gotten really positive feedback. Um, you know, people really love the idea behind LoveSync. Um, and we got... What? <laughs> I'll add in that what we found on the campaign is it seems like very polarizing. That well, yeah. People either really love it or they think we're trying to kill the world in some way. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I think we learned how brutal the internet can be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, during this campaign and, 
you know, I don't know if, if during the process we may have done uh, perhaps a little more testing uh, of, of our pitch, maybe across a, a broader audience. Maybe we could have dialed out some of the some of the trigger areas that really seem to set people off. Um, but you know, it's hard to know because the whole adage, uh, any press is good press, you know, the, the haters certainly drove traffic as much as the supporters. So, um, it, it was interesting, you know, we heard that like the, the, the video company we worked with, it was one of their, their most popular videos they've ever produced. And they've produced, uh, hundreds or maybe maybe thousands uh you know so it really got people clicking uh for for better for worse in, in that regard but but definitely the users the ones who understood what we were trying to do and supported right. us on the campaign the feedback was great you know and they're like you got to keep going this has really helped us uh yeah and i think the uh, it really that's what sort of led us then to the next step of the app development um, because right, the feedback was that they loved it, um, but the the buttons just didn't work for a lot of people's lifestyles um, because they you know they stayed in the bedroom, um, they weren't they weren't flexible enough, and so we were like, all right, you know, we need something that people can have and take with them wherever they go, um, you know, whether they're ones at work and ones at home, or they're sleeping in different bedrooms, or they go to bed at different times, you know, whatever whatever it may be, um, and so that's really kind of what what pushed us down the 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 app the road of, of developing the app. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just makes more it makes more sense because um, I may be sitting on the couch watching something on Netflix and you know get the urge and hit it. Yeah. And my wife went to bed 15 minutes ago, but she's still awake watching something. So right. I think it's you know that's a brilliant transition. I'm sorry, Tom. Go no, ahead. Thank, thanks for sharing that, Joe. I'm so happy. Hey, you have any <laughs> other examples you'd like to share with us? Uh, so tell me, tell me how the app works. Obviously, what we saw on the pitch was the hardware on each nightstand. How exactly does the app work? How's the app being received? Are you still selling the hardware? Very curious about that. Yeah. So the app works very similar to the button. Um, you know, it was important to us that we just keep uh, a very sleek, simple user interface. Um, and so, you know, you, you create an account, you can easily pair with your partner. Uh, and then, you know, you've got, you've just got a button, um, and you can, you can press it to select the time frame that you're, you know, up for getting down. And you can, um, select a window anywhere from 15 minutes up to eight hours. Um, and then if your partner hits their button within, you know, that same time window, um, you'll, this, if you have the app open, the screen will say, you know, congrats, you know, you're matched, put down your phone and get to it. Um, and then you'll also get a, a push, a push notification, letting you know that you're, you're synced. And of course, the important, the important point here, which many people miss. Yes. Through our Kickstarter campaign and even on Shark Tank, right? The important, the really important point here and what makes this unique uh, is if she, if she taps in that she's interested, I have no idea, right? If that's kept private, it only if I, you know, kind of serendipitously am feeling the same way and tap in, that's when the app will say, Hey, guess what? You guys are both thinking the same thing. No pressure, right? No rejection. You happen to be aligned. And so, 
you know, I talk about maybe we should have, uh, you know, in the Kickstarter done more with the with the video and, and, and tested more broadly. I think we, we needed to make sure that that kind of nuance, that critical nuance of the product came through more clearly. Are you capturing, and, and obviously it wouldn't be about individual people, but are you seeing any data in terms of trends or are you measuring anything? Is there anything that you're able to glean from usage that may help couples that are married? Yeah, it's a great, a great question. And I think it's, it's one of the many areas actually that we, we see great potential of the product to expand into, right? Like not just, just the, the, the basic uh, connect more often, like, like we've mentioned, but maybe using it as a tool to, to, get people even tapping more, right? If you understand and can look at the data. So, so yeah, we're right. We're a lot, we can see just kind of the aggregated data, uh, you know, not really associated to any particular users, but we can, we can see um, and know uh, if it's like maybe the man or the woman or whatever. And that, that has actually been a really interesting thing. Mm -hmm. We've, we've gleaned, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, the man's just gonna be turned on all the time. So yeah, you know, what's, the, the stereotype what's is, the, right, that the man's always in the mood. Yeah, so they're gonna just, they just want to lock it on, you know, 24-7. Um, but interestingly, we see that the data doesn't, doesn't reflect that uh, completely. I mean, it's, it, it's pretty well balanced uh, as a whole uh, as to, you know, kind of who's tapping first or who taps most. But well, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder what other areas other than, you know, just sex that you might be able to incorporate in that. There's probably so many things. And precisely. Yeah. No, you know, and that's been a, it'd be really that's been a big part of what we have been doing since, you know, Shark Tank. Uh, we have uh, a patent on this on this method, you know, this this method of matching private desires. Um it's, it's, it's still in process. So, you know, those who, who know patents and understand there's still quite a bit of work involved in, in, in getting them all the way through to grant, but uh, we're looking good on that. And, and that, you know, that patent really encompasses a, a broad application of this concept of matching up private human desires. Uh, and, and right. It doesn't, we chose sex as the first one because we thought maybe that was uh it would get viral attention and people would want to talk about it, which we were right, but <laughs> maybe uh, it's also stirred up a lot of drama as well. Uh, but for sure, we see a lot of uh, other areas that we could uh, expand this. Yeah. I mean, you look at any, I mean, you look at a, you know, a relationship between two people that are, you know, dating or married or live together, whatever else. And then it's, you know, I, we need a date night. We needed this, we needed that, like how many different things. And I mean, I'm sure there's that you, you let your mind run wild as to where you could take it, but it, it would be really interesting um, to, to do that. So uh, Shark Tank, did they find you on Kickstarter and ask you to be on there or did you apply for the show? They did find us. Yep. Um, shortly after our Kickstarter campaign, one of the producers uh, reached out to us. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, you know, we were, we kind of wanted, we, we had to think about it, we wanted to vet it. We weren't sure if, uh, you know, how, what kind of light they were wanting to cast us in. <laughs> I think we had been, you know, from the, our previous media attention, um, we, we had learned a little bit. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was, it, I mean, it worked out because we, you know, we, we followed Shark Tank prior to this yeah. and, and we, we kind of always, had, had dreamed of what it might be like on there. And they're like, well, 
we'll apply at some point in this process, right? But maybe we'll wait till we get some product out there and, and all of that. But uh, I don't know, it happened a little earlier than that. And uh, we're glad it did. It really was an amazing process. Yeah, it was. And highlight what's happened since, because again, I know that there's been, I kind of cheated a little bit and mentioned the app and going in that direction, but you know, what has happened and gosh, it hasn't even been that long. It's it's only been a year and a half. How's the business changed? How's your lives changed? You know, what do things look like now versus what they did when we saw you on TV? Uh, Right. So I think, you know, we already mentioned when, when the show aired, um, we were actually just launching the app. So, you know, when we taped um, the show, it was just the physical buttons um, that were available. And so, um, you know, we spent a lot of time developing the app um, and getting that launched. Um, and, you know, we've gotten some some great traction there. Um, and we've done a lot of user outreach to kind of understand um uh, users feedback and really how LoveSync is working for them and what kind of needs it's fulfilling um, so that we can start to kind of think about, you know, how we'd like to expand it. Uh, and then as Ryan mentioned, you know, spending a lot of time, you know, finalizing that IP. Yeah. You know, button sales, it, it certainly has been a huge help for button sales, you know, not just of course on the original uh, airing, but Anytime there's a rerun, mm-hmm. you know, we know about it because we'll see, we'll see the blip in, in sales there. So, yeah. you know, we do keep, uh, we're, we're just selling them on our website, you love sync.com. Uh, you know, so they are, we are still selling the hardware, but, um, despite what, uh, Mark Cuban screamed at us about and in, in, <laughs> in terms of mobile apps being a terrible idea, we still continue to think that that's where this technology is best suited. So, so that's the path we uh, continue to try uh, yeah, to want to pursue. What are, what are some of the ways that you've been able to market the, uh, the product and, and the app? You know, are there some things that have worked really well for you? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that's another, um, I think, interesting area just due to the nature of the product. Um, it's surprisingly difficult to advertise in you know, mainstream media. Um, for anything related to sex, you know, and I think that was something that we didn't anticipate going into this. You know, we, we kind of had, uh, we thought, you know, sex sells and, um, you know, we didn't kind of see well, those obstacles. Yeah, and particularly like we're not selling sex. We're not right. selling prostitutes here. Okay. This, we're trying to encourage actually wholesome, like yeah, intimacy, strengthen a relationship. Don't, don't, you know, we're not even Tinder. We're not trying to get to, to sell a hookup app. We're trying to sell, like, reinforce the relationships you're already in, you know? But uh, Facebook was working great until they've kicked us off permanently. And, I mean, we had very, very mundane ads. Like, we made them as, as just, right, as, as, as uh, yeah, just non-suggestive right. <laughs> as possible. Did you learn... Jenna Ryan, did you learn uh, what triggered that from Facebook? Did they share that with you or was no. it just a cold dismissal? Cold, yep. It's a very cold robotic dismissal, right? You get some kind of automated message saying your your imagery or your text doesn't, your copy doesn't align with our, Their advertising our, policies. Yeah, our policies or something. And, and we, yeah, we tried to, to use the... <laughs> the the most boring image of a couple and and the this the base, most basic text possible and yeah and it's and so it, it's really important I mean we were getting very we were getting uh, 
uh, you know, top 10% of performing, you know, like a uh, cost per installs, uh, you know, when you compare to like lifestyle apps in the category, we were performing very well. Uh, there, there clearly was, was good interest uh, and conversion there, but that avenue now is closed to us. So, yeah. What are some of the big lessons you've learned um, going through this journey? I mean, really just the entrepreneurial journey. What are some of the big things that you think you've learned and you've improved on and have been some epiphanies along the way that other entrepreneurs would find interesting? What is it? You better really be committed and want it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're finding, and I think, you know, you hear this from from my, yeah, all entrepreneurs, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, and, you know, you're not, you know, I think a lot of people get into this because, um, you know, they're passionate about you know, their thing, their widget. And, and maybe you don't realize that, um, you know, being an entrepreneur means a lot of other things besides just, um, you know, creating, um, your widget, um, your, you know, your marketing and, um, balancing the books and, you know, pitching to, for fundraising. And, um, so there's a lot of stuff that goes along with it that maybe you don't like. Um, and so I think, you know, just, understanding that um, and just making sure that, you know, that's something that you're up for. And I, and I think particularly if you're bootstrapping, are you up for doing all of that after your day job? Right. And, uh, you know, in, in our cases, you, you know, I, it was a terrible time in my day job. I was working 60 hour weeks or, or better. And then we're doing another 30, 40 hours towards this, preparing for shark tank, preparing for Kickstarter, you know, or developing the product. And, um, you know, at the same time we had young kids. And, and so we had, we had a pretty intense three years of just where it felt like all work and, 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 uh, kind of neglecting our, our kids. And, and so we had to really kind of have a, a moment of, 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 of rationalizing a little bit of like, what, what are we, what's our objective here? You know, we, I think we were, we were hoping that the concept would really click for everybody and it could take off, you know, um, but we realized and probably naively because I'm sure every entrepreneur will tell you this, that that's never the case. There's never right. <laughs> an idea like that, right? It will be a grind. It will continue to be a grind for quite some time to, to build a product. And um, yeah. And so we've, we've just, uh, you know, had to, to realize what our priorities in life are to some degree and, and maybe dial back. A well, bit. That's, that's the problem is, is if you do build it and, you know, quadruple it and make it into something bigger than it is, then you have a whole new series of problems or issues that you have to deal right. with. So, right. I'm, you know, and, and I'm curious, you know, your perspective on this, because isn't that one of the dilemmas is, you know, you want to be present for your family, but then you're doing this for your family so that you're able to provide. So isn't that, I mean, talk a little bit about that, that dilemma that you face because you know, you're, you're being pulled in two significantly different directions. Isn't that how I sold you on this? You were skeptical of us getting into this. And I'm like, this is for us. This will be liberating. We're going to have all kinds of freedom, right? uh, you know, to, to, to travel Travel and, 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 and spend time as a family, uh, Right. <laughs> Maybe that'll still happen. <laughs> what's, but what's, yeah, I think we've just had to, you know, just really think hard about how we're spending our time. Um, and 
um, you know, this is something that, you know, LoveSync is, is still something that we're dedicated to. Um, and, you know, we think it's got, it's got traction and we'd like to continue to see where it goes. Um, but at this sort of stage in our lives, um, it's, it's not, it can't be 100% of our lives. Yeah, the, the word freedom as an entrepreneur, uh, we, you know, we all thrive on that. We're doing this to create time freedom, to create financial freedom, but freedom isn't free. There is some price to pay. And you have to go back and, and measure that, account for that, and look at all areas of your life and, and try to work that in. So kudos to you guys for being completely cognizant of that. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. What, what's the vision for this thing? I mean, if, if we're sitting here in three years, five years, what do you see? Do you see you know, a, an app, but with more features? Do you see something different? Where would you like this to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure, uh, um, we 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 saw this as kind of the app for for couples, for yeah, established like couples, the relationship app for couples. You know, I think up till now, in in um, the romantic um, space, you know, singles have been able to have all the fun, um, and you know, they're utilizing you know Tinder and all of the the hookup apps to match, and you know. We want we want LoveSync to be the relationship app for couples. Yeah, the place they can go once they've hooked up that they can go to keep things exciting. Uh, because I, truly, we think it's it's starting to be a bit of a systemic problem that like it's it, there are so many tools that make it easy for somebody to drop who they're with and go find somebody else. But then there's like nothing else out. There's nothing really out there to help them make that work and and keep that exciting. And so. Um, yeah, we think we have the foundation that 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 can continue to get built off of um, to be a place for those couples. And um, uh, beyond beyond that, of course, as we kind of spoke earlier, you know, the concept of matching private desires doesn't have to be uh, isolated to couples in the romance space. So we think we think it fits well within kind of a broader social platform uh, to offer a tool. For, for, for people to use outside outside of the bedroom. Well, I want you guys, I, I want you guys to text me when you have pizza sync because we have pizza. <laughs> My wife and I have pizza several nights a week and we argue about the toppings. The topping. so when you have that that app ready to go, please text me. Well, what I was going to say, Joe, what I was going to say is if you and I had buttons, I know how grumpy you get, so I just won't <laughs> walk next door to your office if I know you're in a bad mood. No, if I if I if I knew if I knew when to avoid you, your mood swings. Uh, well, I, I, I it, it's interesting. I just you know I'm just thinking through how many different things that there could be just with couples, and how many different. I mean, there's so much you could do with this. And you know what? Look, we all know about the divorce rates. We know about issues. We know you know how many couples have different communication related issues when you really boil it down and gosh, if you could put a dent in that. And then of course the irony is you're trying to do that. Facebook has a problem with it, but you know, if you want to hook up and you want to be promiscuous and you know, I, I'm, they, they probably, they probably allow the uh, websites where you can like find other married people to fool around with. They probably advertise on there. Right. That's the irony of it, but it's, it's <laughs> exciting. Um, right. Yeah. To, to, to think about, 
where this thing could go. And then of course there's other probably use cases outside of just romantic relationships, but um, yeah, really, really fascinating. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun journey, right? The, the entrepreneurial journey. Are you, are either of you full-time in the business or is this still part-time for both of you? How do you structure responsibilities and how do you structure um, who does what and how you allocate time around the family? I know that's a couple questions there, but I'm very curious because you're also a couple that's trying to run a business together. Yeah, you know, she just tells me what to do. It works great. <laughs> okay, so you're like every other couple. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I think that's a, to your question earlier about you know, what have we learned through this process. I think that's another big thing um, that, you know, we've learned how to how to work together um, in a new way. You know, we've been when we started this, we've been married, you know, 15 years. Um, and so, you know, we thought we, we thought we knew each other pretty well, um, but I think... But we always kind of had, like, I had my projects, and then you did your things. Yeah. Right? And that, that's how we made it work, was by just kind of staying in our lanes. And so... We had to merge. Yeah, com- coming together on this. Um, yeah, it's it was tough. And, um, you know, I think it's hard to... Um, you know, it, it made me learn how to take criticism better. Um, <laughs> it's very rare. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, you learn, yeah, you, it's just um, learning to work together in a new way. I thought it was an amazing experience because, you know, where, where in the past, we, we stayed in our lanes, we stayed in our wheelhouse, you know, where we were kind of the expert, right? And here, um, I don't know. It allowed me to really gain uh, an appreciation for where she comes. You know, she has a marketing background. I have an engineering background. Okay. So those are those on the spectrum are different, different ends and, and in business you need it all. And so it was, it's been really cool to see, you know, how she can, can contribute, you know, in, in this professional space where we just, you know, worked work conversations before with how's work. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> how was your work? It was good. Now we can see like, Oh, wow. This, this is the kind of stuff, you know, and you're good at this. And, uh, you know, it's like the side that you don't see of each other. So very cool. Yeah. And it's, but you're also, it's requiring you to be, a, to be vulnerable with each other in a, in a different way, um, which can be scary at first, but then, you know, I think we, um, you know, we're lucky enough that we have a strong enough relationship that we, you know, we were able to show up for each other, um, when we needed it and listen to each other. Um, you know, when we had, um, when we were seeing things differently. Um, and so it's been a real, you know, it's been a real positive thing for us. Um, but plus, plus now we have a product that that's a real positive thing. Yeah. For us too, so. <laughs> And where we were also able to maintain, we were able to maintain our lanes within the business as well. You know, just with, um, with me working on more of the marketing side, um, customer outreach, um, and him more on the product development, um, and IP and things like that. So we still, you know, we still kind of divide and conquer. And, and where is the best place? Obviously, the app. Tell everyone where they can buy that. If they still want to buy the hardware, where can they do that? Where can they follow you on social media as well? Yeah, so they can do everything from our website, which is lovesync.com, L-O-V-E-S-Y-N-C. 
um, they can download the app. It's a free download available for both Apple and Google. Uh, and they can also purchase the buttons uh, from the website. And we've got all the links to our, we're on all the socials uh, and our, the links are all there uh, on the website as well. Really some really fun stuff too that you know, we're talking about things that I, I didn't even realize Jen was so good at, but she does some really fun stuff on our socials. So <laughs> it's really uh, great to follow. And then how do you, how do you monetize the app? So we aren't. Yet. That would be great. That's a, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so right now it's, it's just completely free, but there will be a path to monetization at a later date. Exactly. It's where, yeah. We're, yeah, it's our, where we're at and trying to figure out now, right? I mean, app development is expensive and uh, it's even more expensive when you're not monetizing what you have. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but so we've got, we, uh, yeah, we're, we're interested in, in, in maybe trying to, to under discover if there's a, a partnership or a way to, to join forces to kind of move it forward from here. Uh, well, and you, you wonder too, are there, are there, and I don't even know this, but are there like, uh, uh, therapy, uh, like couple therapy online platform that would say, great, we'd love to partner with you. And if they want to engage our services. So what else would tie with, you know, the, the relationship of a couple to where, you know, they'd love to be able to offer something to your users and you could still provide them with everything you do for free. There's probably a lot of different things related to that, that they could be interesting. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've we've gotten some great feedback from therapists that uh, have started to utilize the the app and the buttons within their their practice as part of their treatment with couples, um, both you know for sexual communications and and I've heard that they are even just utilizing it for communication in general. Um, and I also think this is an exciting time because you know we're really seeing technology explode in other areas of wellness. Uh, also, you know, we're seeing, you know, the meditation apps, you know, Headspace and Calm and, um, you know, all, all of those are really kind of um, just growing leaps and bounds. Um, so I think it's, yeah. But you can talk about that stuff on Facebook. You can't yeah, talk about sexual can. wellness. Well, and there's probably, I'm, I'm even thinking about some of the companies out there that would only want to offer services or do things for the men versus the women, you know, so it's okay if, you know, uh, uh, one of your male users, what are some things related to, you know, your subject matter that, you know, they may want to market to um, or, or offer. And so, hey, if this is an issue, this is where you may want to go. I would, I would assume that there could be some male and female specific education or, um, you know, whatever it is, therapy, medication, whatever it might be on both sides that could be interesting as well. Mm -hmm. So well, this is exciting. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that things have evolved since uh, Shark Tank and continuing on the right path. And it sounds like there's some really interesting, viable ways to continue to grow this thing. So for all our listeners, check it out. Try it if you think it would be beneficial. And uh, we so appreciate you two making the time. You're both very busy people to share with our listeners uh, your entrepreneurial journey and some of the great things you've learned. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you guys. Yeah. And uh, tell your listeners, try it if they don't think it'll be beneficial. I think they'll be surprised. <laughs> We're back. What do we learn? Um, I have now figured out what this magic bedside button is for. 
I think it's pretty neat. I think it's a pretty neat idea. When it would save you getting hit every <laughs> night with her, with someone else's elbow. I I actually thought um, this is a more tactful way to be told get the hell away from me. Exactly. I thought at first I was trying to guess mu- you know mutual interest, mutual interest in pizza. Like bedside pizza button, honey. I'm interested in pizza tonight. Well, obviously, uh, we, we, I I understand what this is all about, and oh, and, okay. I, and I think it's oh, you a, were just kidding all the time. I, yeah, I was oh, kidding. Okay. I, yeah, I, I do have a child, by the way. <laughs> I did procreate. Well, I have three things for our post game. First and and foremost, I think that uh, in our conversation, both on and off camera. Um, they're very aware of balance, and I think mm-hmm. you have to be aware of what you're willing to give up, what you're not willing to give up as an entrepreneur, uh, and I, I think it's a reasonable exercise to go through, and there's non-negotiables in a business, and there are things that, there are times, I had a very, very good friend and mentor, Les Heinsen, once share with me, I was talking about um, trying not to run out of balance. He said, if you're an entrepreneur, you will run out of balance uh, for periods of time each year, maybe each quarter. And uh, it's about communication. It's about letting the other person know, bringing the other person, if they're not your partner, if you don't have a spouse that's a partner in the business, bring them into an understanding of what you need to do and how you'll make up for that time. So uh, balance is very important, understanding when you're in and out of balance. Well, and in as an entrepreneur, you have to do it yourself. So, you know, let's just say you work at a company. Well, think about companies now. They give you vacation. They encourage you to take mental health breaks. Some of them have on-site or the accessibility of a mental health professional or a therapist. Um, They educate you on burnout. They you know, have HR sending things around if you need a break or take a break or, you know, enjoy time off in the holidays. I mean, there are so many mechanisms that many companies are doing to prevent burnout, to, uh, you know, encourage balance. If you don't set that up for yourself, it doesn't exist. So if you don't give yourself the time off, then you don't have the time off. If you don't ask for help, then you don't get help. I mean, you have to create that stuff. Um, and, and again, it's 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 interesting, you know. And look, time flies in, in all walks of life. But it's funny in business where you know you say you're going to do something, or hey, eventually I'm not going to work on weekends, or eventually I'm going to take a vacation. You know, we say these things, right? And then a month turns into a year, yeah. turns into a decade. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly. It's amazing how quickly thing life goes in business and sometimes how hard it is to actually do the things we say we're going to do. So if you don't block off on your calendars, hey, Friday afternoons are for me to relax and get home early and hang out with my family or weekends are no email time or whatever parameters you want to set for yourself. If you don't do it and stick to it, it absolutely will not happen. Yeah, you make a very good point. There's a lot of people that we talk to, Tom, that are accidental entrepreneurs. They had a great idea. They were W-2 working uh, in a structured environment. Now, all of a sudden, they have to create their own structure. They have to create their own boundaries. They have to create their own parameters. And I think it's important to think about that and decide what, what that structure should look like, what those boundaries should be. So you make a great point. Um, yeah, so balance. And, and then second second thing I took away is that these great founders were undaunted by the haters. 
Mm. and undaunted by negative feedback. And it's so easy to suck into that crap and get completely caught up in the voices. There are a lot of voices that will come at you as a self-employed person, a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, and you have to be discerning. And uh, sometimes it's undaunted. Sometimes you just have to go with your gut. You have a good business idea for a product or service. You believe in it and you go with that. So they were undaunted by a lot of hating and a lot of negative crap. And third is uh, they had a nice vision and a clear vision. It doesn't mean their vision won't change. It, do it doesn't mean their vision will be perfect or that's where they'll end up. But it's refreshing when someone has a clear vision. Uh, it's refreshing because a lot of business owners that we talk to do not start with an end in mind. Mm -hmm. And that could be problematic in and of itself. Uh, a couple other quick ones here. Uh, I wrote down the quote of, you better really be committed and want it. You know, this entrepreneurial game is just a lot of hard work. And if you really aren't passionate about it, if you don't really want it, uh, it, it's it's already hard enough, yeah. and you know you'll just you'll you'll crush yourself. Um, it's very timely that uh, this one came up. Uh, you can't rely on Facebook. They were kicked off of Facebook ads yep, right. for being inappropriate, right? Which is yeah. ironic considering some of the trash that I get uh, ads. And I'm sure yeah. someone with your browsing history probably gets. Yeah, that's a little bit of an edgy browsing. Yeah, history, even even more racy ads. <laughs> so. I, you know, interestingly enough, I just had my business Facebook restored, but I was kicked off because of a hacker. I had two credit cards that got hacked into right. that I had to cancel and get refunds on. So, you know, you if, if, if your entire marketing strategy is, hey, we're going to run Facebook ads, what could go wrong? Well, believe it or not, a lot could go wrong. And I lucked out that mine was only down for three weeks. But imagine if you know, you're know you in a seasonal business where you're trying to sell stuff uh, for the holidays or for Valentine's Day and you get kicked off then. I, you know, you're screwed. So you know, trying not to rely on one thing or assuming one marketing tactic is what's going to work forever because that's rarely ever the case. Um, not marrying yourself to an idea. You know, they're now experiencing other use cases with this. So not saying, hey, this is a piece of hardware and that's all it's ever gonna be. I mean, you and I in our Growth 10 business, we've definitely viewed the platform that we've built differently now than we did a year ago. We weren't married to what we thought it was. And you know, you just can't be. So, and again, the balance thing we talked about, but uh, you know, just a, a great interview, a lot of great takeaways, uh, fun product, uh, great story. and. Another fun episode of Outside the Tank. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, great idea. Uh, great entrepreneurs. We just uh, love chatting with them again on and off camera. Uh, our book, Entrepreneurial Landmines. They should grab a uh, free copy. OutsideTheTank.com, free copy of Entrepreneurial Landmines. 30 major mistakes that we've seen entrepreneurs make over and over again in the uh, consulting work that we do uh, with entrepreneurs. So check it out, read it, don't make those mistakes. And again, OutsideTheTank.com, it's free. No need to go to Amazon and pay for it. So that's it, another episode. We've now done over 50 of these. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, and many more great ones on the horizon. Every week now, new entrepreneurs that we'll be interviewing sooner than later as well. So I uh, hope you're enjoying the show. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to give us five stars. Make sure to tell your friends. And we'll see you next week on an all-new episode of Outside the Tank.